Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, saints. We just can just wait a few more minutes, and then we'll get started, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been praying today because uh, there was a word from the Lord, and we want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, and it would be the 27th chapter. Acts 27. Hallelujah. And um, I just praying today again, and um, um, this is the thought that God gave me tonight, that God has given us access to him through his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Again, God has given access to us through his fellowship and his suffering. Um, Amen. The book of Paul, the book of Acts, um, was written. Amen. Here, it says it was written by Hallelujah, Luke. Luke was the author. He was a physician. And he uh, experienced a lot of thoughts and things that Jesus went through in the process. Well, by the time we get to the book of Acts um, 27, he speaks of Paul. Paul, whose name was Saul in the beginning. Um, and the book says this, that no person apart from Jesus himself shaped the history of Christianity like the Apostle Paul. Even before he was a believer, his actions were significant that his frenzy of destroying people and stuff and things because he was so radical for Christ. Um, and I believe that Christ wants us as believers to become radical, radical for Christ. And we also go through lots of things in our lives as well. Um, but Paul also said that the only thing that really matters is that um, is knowing him and the fellowship of his suffering, and most of us don't don't want to suffer. We don't want to go through. We we don't think about the coming out, but we only know is that we're going through. Well, by the time we get to this chapter of Acts twenty seven. God's dealing with Paul um, and stuff. I'll give you a few minutes if you need to 
pencil and paper or whatever we want to go go back through it again um, feel free to do that as well Amen um, it's one of my favorite chapters in the book and um, I was thinking about the things that are going on in our society today whether it's a tsunami or whether it's the COVID-19 or whether it's just relationships in our lives that have affected us all of our lives. Um, and we've all gone through suffering. We've gone, gone through many things. But sometimes we have to go back and look behind our attitudes and our thoughts and our situations and our lives that have allowed us to get to this place in our lifetime. Um, well, here is Paul in the 27th chapter. And I'm going to read it and then we'll expound upon it. Again, this is the Acts 27. Amen. In my little notes from here, it says, Sailing from Rome. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to stand before you and your word. We thank you for being a part of our lives. We thank you for saving us and filling us and holding us and keeping us and washing us and keeping us in a place where we really know that we need God, that we know you, God. We want you know we want to know who you are. It's not about things, it's not about cars or jobs, but God in these death days that we want to know um, Jesus for ourselves. Because we realize that we can't make it without you. God tonight hide us behind the cross. Hide us that we know that we feel the fire of God. Hide us in a place that we know that we have been with God. God, you know all about us. The Bible says there's nothing hidden from, from you, God. So you know all our inward parts, the Bible says. You know our likes, our dislikes. You know what we've gone through in our lives. We know the secret things of our heart and agendas that nobody knows about. But we ask you tonight to go into our hearts and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly. Thank you, God. Save us all over again through this message. Save us till we know we save. Wash us till we know we wash. Cleanse us till we know we cleanse. And God, in the process, God, give us your glory. Give us your power. Give us your words, your majesties, so that we might be a replica of who you are and whose you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And then this is, um, this is again Acts 27. And I'll read it and it will expound upon it a little bit. 27 and 1 says, Okay, this is the Life Application Bible. You might have another Bible, so um, I read this a lot because it's easy to understand. 
because a lot of people don't really understand the Bible and therefore they really don't listen to it. Okay. And then it says, and when it was decided that we were to sail to Italy, that they handed over Paul and some of the prisoners to a centurion named Julius of the imperial regime. Amen. Paul and other people now were in captivity and they turned them over to this soldier. And the soldier's name was Julius. It says of the imperial regime or like an army. And so that we had, we had been boarded to a ship. So they put us on a ship. It's called the Andromeda. And we put, we were put to sail, intending to sail to the ports alone of the coast of Asia and Articus and Macedonia of Thessalonia. Those are the places, the names of them. And it was with us, with us. And next he put in Sidon and Julius and treated Paul kindly and allowed him to go with his friends to receive their care. So they didn't really treat him like um, like uh, prisoners. They were being kind to them and favorable to them. Like sometimes God gives uh, gives us favor around us. Well, this is the same, uh, same kind of favor that Paul and his friends were having at that time. Even they were on the boat. Verse 4. And when we had put out to sea for there, we sailed along with northern coast of Cyrus because the winds were against us. So the wind was blowing really hard. They were on this boat. They were treating them nicely um, because they had the favor of God. Amen. Verse 5. And after the sailors threw the open sea off of Sicily and Pamelia, we reached Myra in Laconia. That was the name of the place. And there the centurions found an Alexandrian ship. So they put them on another ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. Seven. Sailing slowly for many days became with difficulty as far as Sinaias, since the winds did not allow us to approach it. So here the wind was blowing. They had changed from a different ship. And so you see they're in, in, a, in a, almost like a rage or storm. And like God allows us a lot of times to go through storms. Sometimes we go through storm after storm, a storm without relief. And then sometimes we go through storms and there is some relief. Like, um, for example, Job. Job was, the Bible says, an upright, excused man that he loved God. But he lost everything. He lost his children. Um, he lost his property. He, he lost all of the people that he had around him, except for God. 
So, and he did not cry and complain, but he said, God, um, the naked I bring, you brought me into the world, and, and naked I can go out. So, we have to know how to handle our storms. And it's not always the loudest, the loudest person in the storm, but the process is going through the storm. And sometimes when you look back, I think as we get older, we look back and we think about um, the, the things, things that we've gone through in lives. Some of us have had abusive um, mothers and fathers or abusive um, sisters and brothers, some people, um, aunts and uncles. Sometimes we went through stuff and we always felt like we were in the black sheep of the family. But we know that God has always had a hand on us, uh, whether we realize it or not. And he says that as, as well in, um, it says, it says, um, I knew you. In the book of Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and I have a plan for you. So that means that no matter what we've gone through, and whether we made good, good choices or bad choices, God still has a plan for our lives. And so we must acknowledge and know and trust God in every step we take, every move we make. But we do have to acknowledge God that we have made mistakes in our lives, whether by choice or whether by chance. And we reflect and look around and say um, some things in our lives we really wanted in a life or wanted to happen in our lives, but it didn't happen. But God knows all things um, as well. Paul himself was um, a powerful, anointed man of God. But by the time he got to this point in this ship, in this boat being transferred from ship to ship, Paul himself had been through great trials and many tribulations, and God had allowed him to establish uh, the church along with Timothy. We go through a lot of situations in our lives. Amen. We're coming from the book of Acts and the 27th chapter. Amen. And we're talking about the storms in our lives. Sometimes we don't understand the storms in our lives. Not sometimes, most of the time. We don't understand storms in our lives. But I believe that God's making us and molding us and challenging us and lifting us and making us who he wants us to be in him. That's why Paul said in his word that all that really matters is his resurrection and and the fellowship of his suffering. And again, most of us don't like to go through suffering. We don't like to go through things that will change our opinions or our mindsets towards things. Um, but, you know, when you get older, you get a little wiser. Things that you could eat when you were 16, 17, 18, most times when you get about 30 or 40, you realize you can't eat those things because you know it's not good for your health. Well, like in Christianity, we have to learn to grow up and grow up and grow up in God so that we can do what God will call us to be. 
the most important thing in our lives is that we do give our life to Christ. That is a paramount. That is the first thing, is to give our life to Christ totally, without reservation. Because the Bible says without Christ, we can do nothing. If God had not allowed it, we not, would have not gotten up this morning. If God had not allowed it, we wouldn't be breathing on our own. Uh, we could be on a respirator. Without everything in our lives, if God had not stepped in, we would not be doing anything. So we have to acknowledge and give our lives to Christ. I'm not telling you to be perfect, but we have to acknowledge that Christ is our Lord and our Christ and Savior. Okay? And so when we go through trials, when we go through situations, when we get down and sometimes it's hard to get up, um, we have to go back to our first love, which is Jesus Christ. Paul now, who is in the ship with some of his friends, and there's a storm is approaching. Again, there's storms that are in our lives. Right now we're in the covert 19. There is a storm. It is a big storm. Um, and this storm is taking out millions of people at a time. Um, um, and if this doesn't make us say, God, give, um, I'm going to give my life to Christ, I don't know what it is. Um, when you see people uh, dropping uh, like hotcakes, people are falling by the wayside, um, little babies dying, adults are dying, this is the time to turn around and look back and say, God, save me all over again, wash me all over again. And if I have not given my life to Christ, I don't want to go to storm after storm after storm. As I know as a child, a lot of us were, sometimes we felt like people picked on us when we were little, or maybe we felt like we didn't grow up with a father, or maybe we didn't grow up with a mother, maybe well, we were very hungry. We don't know the situations. Because God knows all of us individually as well. He loves us collectively. But those storms make us. Those storms uh, makes us appreciate the good things as well as the bad things. Well, here Paul, again, is in a, in a ship. And there's a storm of ruin. And because Paul was a man of God, I believe, he was praying and asking God, um, to help us and to protect us as we need to do today. Ask God to protect us and help us. Um, it's not about um, who gives the biggest amount of money, but it's about relationship. Because if you to die, if you were to die, to die tonight, you have to think to yourself, where would I end up in eternity? Where would I end up? And whose life um, have we changed? If you're a young man, maybe you could find a little a young man to mentor him and to lead them to Christ. If it's an older lady, maybe you can help some young women to see life um, uh, in a different way about knowing Christ. Not about having a man, but about knowing him and his resurrection or his suffering. Well, those kinds of storms breaks us sometimes or takes us. Sometimes you wonder why you see uh, people might be very successful, but in their success, they're a mess. In their excess, they're lonely. In their excess, they're on drugs. In their excess, because they don't know Christ for yourself. 
it is the most important thing in your life um, that you can do is to give your life to Christ so that when you are going through those storms in your life, uh, uh, when you're feeling unloved, when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling um, to the point that you don't know what to do uh, and how to do it and where to do it, and sometimes even if you don't, we feel sometimes we don't, we feel unloved and unlost. But it's the way the enemy sometimes makes us feel that way. So we have to know Christ for himself. So when you get in your shift experience, or when you get in that boat experience, when you get that point where you're feeling lost or lonely or confused, um, um, and you don't take pills, you don't take drugs, you do... Um, you go pick up girlfriends just because you want to have sex, because you, you're trying to fill a void in your life. Because the only void that we have, if you don't have Christ, there's a lots of voids. But when you know Jesus for yourself, I can't tell you the enemy won't come and give you thoughts and things to say and to do. But with him, he will strengthen you in the time of trouble. He will strengthen you when you don't know what to do. He will strengthen you when you are lost. Um, for example, you might be a woman and you might have been through things with husbands or wives or uh, maybe you have but the worst teacher in school and treated really bad. Or, um, because sometimes the, the old people think the young people don't go through things. But I'm here to tell you there are a lot of young people that go through a lot of things they might not tell you or they might not tell the parents, they might not tell people. But it is a fact that teenage um, suicide rates are extremely high. Drug addictions are extremely high. Um, um, there's a great falling away from the church um, as the church, as the, as the Bible even speaks of. So because men, the Bible says in Timothy 2, he says for men, shall become lovers of themselves uh, more than loving God. So my question to you tonight is, do you really love God? See, sometimes we can say we love God, but actions speak louder than words. Do we pray like God tells us to pray? Do we fast like God tells us to fast? Do we read our Bible like God tells us to do? Well, we just see somebody in need and maybe want to buy them something to eat or a cup of coffee or or things like that. Just the little things um, um, that God requires of us uh, in our relationship with Christ. There are some people today will say there's no hell, but ladies and gentlemen, when you read the book of Revelation, you will find of surety um, there is a hell as well. There will be a heaven. So we have to put our minds on Christ and decide that whose side are we going to be on. In fact, there's an old song years ago that said, whose side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the Lord's side? Or do you want to be on the side where you don't know what you want to do and do anything that you want to do? Because surely, ladies and gentlemen, there is a storm of brooming. Again. With covert 19, there is a storm of brewing. 
I don't think in my lifetime that I would think I could see um, death uh, in this earth, not just the United States, but you've got Africa, Asia, um, China, Russia, Ireland, um, every nation on this earth, physical earth, they're experiencing a death, amen, that the Bible talks about in the book of Revelations, that the horses, okay, and one of the horses is a pale-looking horse, and it's called, it's a death rider. So, in other words, death is running rampant to and fro on the earth today. And we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So we have to be with a surety, know that we know without a shadow of doubt. So if there's a shadow of a doubt, then again, we must depend totally on God. Because again, like Paul is beginning to experience, there's a storm coming in our lives. Whether it's by shortage of food or shortage of toilet paper or shortage of of milk or a shortage of um, um, kids dying. God is trying to speak to the universe. Um, there is so much homosexuality. There's so much bestiality. Those are people that would actually um, have sex with animals. There, there's all kinds of things that are here running at rampant on the earth that maybe that people don't talk about, but it's truthful, and it is God. So we have to trust God, even in our storms. Can you imagine being in a storm that is so dark that you can't see the light? Can you imagine just being in a storm and there's no hope? Um, like it says, um, I believe it's in the book of Ezekiel 37, and the Bible says that God comes down and talks to Ezekiel 37. He says, men prophesy to the wind. In other words, God's talking to Ezekiel and saying, you have the authority to speak. So when you're in your, your storms, you have the authority. God gives us the authority to speak those things as know that as not as though they were. So I'm giving you the authority to speak to your storm and, and, and say stop, cease, and desist in the name of Jesus. Because when we call on the name of Jesus, the Bible tells us when we call on the name of Jesus. And I tell you what I think, I've never been on a um, one of those ships out in the ocean but I can imagine when you can look around and only see darkness, almost like you're on the end of the earth, right there, that would make you want to call on in the name of Jesus. So we have to call on him and know that in when we're in our storms, when we're in our covert 19s, when we're in these tragedies of death and destruction, that when we're in a storms of life, whether it's relationships with husbands and wives, whether it's relationships with brothers and sisters, sisters and sisters and brothers and brothers, relationships. Those are the times that we must call on the name of Jesus. 
because without God, we cannot do nothing. If God has not, if God says you won't wake up in the morning, you will not wake up in the morning. If God says um, 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 that if there will be nothing to eat tomorrow, you won't get anything to eat because He has the power. The Bible says that He speaks life and He speaks death. He speaks life and speaks death so that when we go through our storms, have you ever been, has there anybody ever in your life been so close to you that when you they died that you really, really, it still hurts, you still cry, you still miss them, you still yearn for them because they were a part of your very existence. Well, that's the kind of attitude that we've got to have towards Christ. We have to have an attitude that, God, I need you. I love money. Money's wonderful. Cars fine. Houses are fine. But, God, I need you. And because he says to us that he says he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. That means he ain't going to leave us. He ain't going to walk away from us. He says he shall provide all of our needs. But sometimes when you go through so much and we get to the end of your rope, you know, like some people, again, like I said, are creating, uh, killing themselves or destroying themselves or killing themselves. There was a couple not too long ago, I guess a couple of years ago, here in South Carolina, this man took his children and told the wife that he was just going out keep them for the day. And he took all of his kids, there was about five of them, and killed them all, shot them all. And they ended up, in, I think, in Alabama. Because the times that people are losing their minds because the enemy is out to destroy our minds. Because if I get my mind, if I can get your mind, I can get everything. If I get your mind, you can't function. If I get your mind, you don't know what day it is. If I get your mind, you don't know who you are. You don't know where you are. When I get your mind so wrapped up, tied up and tangled up and confused, the enemy comes and he will destroy you from the inside out. And we won't, we don't want to be that way. In the storms of our lives, we, that's why we, again, we have to build a relationship. How do I build a relationship? Reading my Bible. How do I really get a relationship with God? Pray daily. How do I build a relationship with God? Not just reading the Word, studying the Word, but doing the Word. Treating people right. Loving, loving them. Honoring them, obeying them, because God is a loving God. Okay. We don't always have to like everything that people do in our lives. But God commands us to love one another. Okay. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes there are people in our lives that may see, make you feel that they're unlovable. But because the word says this, that we must love one another. 
it's not a conditional whether you like me or whether you want me or whether you're going to do right by me. But the fact that we are calling ourselves Christians, Christ-like, we walk like him, talk like him, act like him. We're supposed to look in the mirror and see Christ. Therefore, we must be an image of who he is, even in our storms. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is do those things, Christ-like things, when we're in a storm. Okay, or when people are, uh, treat, treat us really bad or people disrespect us. Sometimes those are the hardest things to do, and that's a storm for us. Storms is not always a physical storm, um, whether it's with your health, whether you're sick, whether you can't, looks like you're not going to recuperate, whether your body won't be healed, the storms in our life, whether you're a kid in school and you're great may be terrible and maybe I don't have good study habits. Maybe the people around you um, are pushing you not to do good. There's storms in our lives. Just like the Bible says, there's summer, there's spring, there's fall, okay? Our lives will continually go on and on and on until God will call us from this earth, the Bible says, when we lie down to die, that this body that sits in the ground will be separated. And the Spirit of God, if you've given your life to Christ, will go back with Him. Okay? But if you don't, you end up in the lake of fire. So it is important, even in our storms, not the enemy provoke us. Because that's what the enemy does. He will provoke us to do wrong. He will provoke us to do terrible things. He will provoke us to make us angry and mad and, and, and vicious and mean. He will provoke us because he wants us to come out of our character. Okay. Myself as well. We have to know and recognize when the enemy comes. And if you can't say anything nice, just be quiet. I don't know about you, but I've had many times that I wanted to say something I would hear God say in my left ear. And most of the time he talks to me, he speaks to me in my left ear. He'll say, don't say nothing. Okay? Because a lot of times we want to fight back and fight back and argue and fight back and fight back. And sometimes God just says, well, let me, let me go somewhere and sit down because since they want to fight, I'm not going to, I'll let them handle it. So sometimes we have to allow God to let us, to teach us to shut our mouths in the midst of our storms. Shut our mouths, even though we know we're right. And even if you're not right, you always have to check yourself. God, if it's me, show me me so I can make it right. Because I don't want to die and go to hell. Um, and somebody, because of somebody provoked me. So in your storms, you must not allow the enemy to provoke you. Okay. And the enemy will provoke you because he doesn't want you to take a glimpse at your destiny. 
when I look at your destiny, I see where God is telling you and showing you where you're going to end up. And the enemy will take a peek at your destiny and don't want you to accomplish those things that God has called you to do. Okay, I'm not talking about finances and money, and yes, God will bless us. He says he'll bless us. But we're talking about the destiny that God has called you to do. Whether he called you to preach the gospel, or whether he called you to become a truck driver, or whether he's called you as a school teacher, or whether he's called you to do anything that God has called you to do. Okay? The enemy will provoke you. Okay? Because he wants you to take, come out of your character. Okay? He wants to put you in that rage, in that storm, so that you cannot hear the voice of God. Hear Paul on the ship, knowing he was in a storm. But Paul maintained his integrity. He didn't question it. He trusted God. Winds blowing. We got to trust God. Covert 19, trust God. Death all around us, trust God. Food scarcity, trust God. Children acting like they're crazy, trust God. Don't know what to do when you don't know what to do, trust God. Because in our storms, we're not in the storm by ourselves. In the storm, there is God. In the storm, he will position your angels around you to protect you. He says 10,000 might fall at our right side. He said, but nothing ain't going to touch you. So in our storms, when we go against opposition in our lives, sometimes people will pick you on, pick on you on purpose in your jobs. Sometimes people will aggravate you for no reason at all. Sometimes will make you so mad to make you want to cuss. Yes, I said that is true. Okay. But the enemy is trying to get you out of your position in God so he can bless you financially, spiritually, emotionally. Because everything that we go through, it is it is for the glory of God. But we've got to hold on to our integrity in the storm. Hold on no matter what people say to you. Hold on and trust God. And believe that Jesus says, I will never leave you in the storm. I will never forget about you in the storm. You might be in trouble. You might have a disease. You might have a disorder. But God says, I'm not going to leave you in the storm. The storm is raging. It's rocky. It's red. I can't see in front of my face. But God says he's promising us that even in the storm, no matter how things are going to turn out, God is still in charge of everything in our lives. But how do we get to that place? Through prayer. How do we get to that place? Through trust. Trust means I believe that whatever the word of God says, it is true. Trust is 
I can't trace him. I can't find him right now in the natural. But because the word said it, I'm going to believe it. I have an acronym. CPR. Well, in the word of God, or in the natural, I worked in the hospital for years, and we would make us periodically take um, CPR classes. CPR. Okay? So that when a person uh, is no longer breathing, that we can um, look at this chest. Well, we can't take a look at the chest and it's not rising. Then we have a point of how we do the CPR, how many breaths, and how many we just take our hands and put on our chest right in the middle. Well, I call it my CPR, my Christ Resurrection and Protection. God gives us um, Christ Resurrection and Protection. How does he do that? Well, you know, first of all, he died on the cross for us, that we might be saved. We have the opportunity. He does not form, uh, force himself on us. So, therefore, Christ gives us that CPR, Christ, resurrection, and protection. And throughout our lives, no matter what we're gone through as a child, um, again, Christ was still there because of how? gives us our CPR. Nobody would be alive today if God had not allowed it because he's God. If he created the universe, he certainly created us. Christ is with us, uh, with us from the beginning of a life to the end of life. But what are we going to do in the meantime? We're going to trust him in our storms. That Christ is there with his CPR on us. Like, we can't make it, but yes, we can. We don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to make it. Yes, we can. Whatever Jesus said, I stand on his word, God, and I hold you to your word. In fact, the word says this. He says, trust me. Trust me. Trust. Trust. Trust in me. Trust in me when... It looks like nothing's right and everything's wrong. Or well, might not have the, uh, the money to pay the bill, but trust God. Uh, might not have the money to pay the bills for the doctor's office, but trust God. No food on my table, but trust God. Um, um, uh, we don't know how we're going to get through this year uh, with all this stuff, but trust God. God, I believe that God is allowing these situations so um, the church can go back to the first love. That the first love is Jesus Christ. That he's given us our opportunity. But where are we right now? Um, that commercial says, are we are what, they, what we say we are? Are we filled with the Holy Ghost? Okay. We can't be partially filled. Either we're in or we're out. Okay. Um, are we walking as Christ wants us to walk? God is calling his church back. Because his church, he loves his church. For he said in Second Chronicles, For if my people, he's calling to the church, For if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves at the church and pray and 
um, turn from their wicked ways. Oh, that means the church might turn to look wicked. Yeah, that's what he says. Turn from their wicked ways and seek your face. I believe that God's wanting his church to seek his face. I believe God is calling these days because of all the evil things man have decided he was going to do. God's calling us. In the book of Exodus, he says, who knows whether God has called us for such a time as this. Paul was one of the most powerfulest men God's made. He wrote a third of the New Testament. But he himself said that he wants to know him and his resurrection power. And that's what we have to think about. That do you know him and his resurrection power? Mama might know him. Daddy might know him. Cousins might know him. But my question and my thought for you is, do you know him for yourself? And if you tried tonight, where would you be? And don't let the storms of life take you out. Don't let the storms of confusion and aggravation Don't let somebody else cause you to go to hell because you are not listening and doing what God will call you to do. Because we, God wants our generation to stand up and know that God is King of kings and Lord of lords. That Paul in his storms, whether he was being beaten, run out of town, shot at, abused, um, uh, aggravated by the Jews, um, Paul never gave up. And that's what we need to do as saints and people that are not Christ right, don't, have not given their life to Christ. We've got to never give up. No matter what's going on in our lives, never give up. Don't let the enemy keep you down. Um, we all have our little days that we have a little short thoughts or get a little angry or get a little frustrated. You know why? Because we're in a body. We're in a spirit. We're in a physical body. We're not, um, uh, we're not, um, uh, uh, we are human in the humis, the humanistic side of us. Okay, we'll get aggravated. And right now today in this country, these world, the people now are aggravated and frustrated and 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 but Christ knows all about it. He knows us by our names. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows um um who was your mother, your father. Christ knows you and loves you. But he doesn't want us to be moved continuously by our storms, by our misfortune by our uh, sense of entitlement. God wants us to have an attitude of a servant. We are all created to become a servant. Constantly Paul was said, I'm Paul, a servant 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what servant means? Servant means I put, give my will to you. So whatever you want me to do, I'm not important, but I serve you. And that's how Paul would constantly say, I, Paul, the apostle, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to learn and to, and to serve as Jesus did. Jesus himself was the ultimate servant. And Paul constantly reminded people that he was a servant. And to serve God, we've got to give our will to him. When he says move, move. If he doesn't say move, don't move. And if he doesn't, you don't know what to do, stand still. Because we're waiting for the manifestation of God's glory in our lives. We're not just reading the book. We have to know him. What's in the book. Okay. Okay. So, again, when you go through these storms consistently, constantly, God is pruning us. God is growing us. God is molding us. God is shaping us in our forms and our storms. He's moving. He's making us grow. He's, he's making us, giving us patience. He's, he's allowing us to suffer. He's allowing us to know Him and the pardon of His sins so that when we go Storm after storm after storm after storm, like hurricane season. Uh, there, at one point, there were storm after storms, and 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 as soon as one storm came, and sometimes there was a storm right off the coast of Florida, and there's a storm right off of um, Texas. So we going through physical storms and spiritual storms, but God wants us to stand and hold on to God. Hold on with tears in our eyes. Hold on. And we don't know what we're going to do. Hold on. Because God has promised us that he would never leave us or forsake us. He says, even until the ends of the earth. And I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I have had some storms after storms after storms. And I remember I was crying one day, and I told God, I said, God, I don't mean no harm. I said, but Lord, I think you're going to try, you're just trying to kill me. And then I realized what God was trying to tell me. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to kill you, so you won't use your will, but you move by my will. Okay. So, like I said, in covert 19, there's storms. Trust and believe that whatever the word says, we have to hold on to it. And we have that CPR, Christ's resurrection and protection for our lives. Because he was resurrected, we will get up and move on. He promised us he would resurrect and protect. He promised us in Ephesians 6 and 10, he gives us all the tools. To protect us, the chest cavities, the feet, 
shot up with the preparation, preparation of the gospel of peace. He give us all the weapons of our warfare because he's giving us the tools to go and stand and fight in the midst of our storms. My storm might not be your storm. Your storm might not be my storm. There are lots of storms that we have not experienced that other people have. But again, he's always promised us as believers, okay, that he would provide all of our needs. Now, if you're not saved, if you're thinking about it, I want you to suggest get on your knees tonight and ask God to give, um, the, to ask him, repent and say, Lord, uh, I'm giving you my life. Forgive me for all of my faults, all my shortcomings, and teach me how to walk in your will. Because, God, I know that we're going through storms in our life. Okay? Because but Jesus loves us even in our storm. I lived in South Florida in Andrew. I worked in the hospital in Andrew. And I remember the, the it was up to about 156 miles an hour. Um, maybe about an hour before that, we had to go outside to take uh, a patient out of a helicopter. And they tied us to the ropes, ropes, so we could go out to get the patient out of the um, helicopter with big old heavy ropes. And the, um, the fireman would hold us so while we would go out and pick up the patients. And it was almost like the whole world was coming to an end. And all of a sudden, I heard this wind, the wind. Does the wind begin to howl? And it began to say, because the wind was coming. So there will be winds in our lives. Sometimes maximum of more of 156 miles an hour of wind in our lives when it looks like nothing's working and everything's falling apart. But even in our storms, his CPR, his Christ protection and resurrection will protect us in our storms, much like Paul, that no matter what happens, okay, that God will protect us in our storms, whether it's financially, socially, economically. Ask God, show me your will for your life. I don't want to die without doing what you call me to do, okay? Because our purpose has to be met. Not all of us are called to be teachers. Not all of us are called preachers. Not all of us are called to be different things in our lives. But find out that thing that God has called you to do. And do it with all your might. Because he's promised you he will provide, protect you forever. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We praise you now, God. God, we thank you for the storms in our lives. God, we thank you because even our storms when we didn't feel like we could make it, we're all still alive. 
everybody under the sound of my voice, even in our storms, in our lives, it feel like we couldn't make it, but you were still there. In the midst of our storms, when there's death in our family or people that we knew, God, and we feel like we couldn't make it, God, but you were still there. I thank you when our children, God, might have gone astray and not have not known you, God. But, God, we thank you, God, because in our storm, you said you would provide because of our need, and you promised us you would have saved our children. God, we thank you for the CPR in our life, Christ's resurrection and protection. God, resurrect our minds, our bodies, and, and our spirits. Protect us, our souls, God, that we might not sin against you. I bind the adversary and every imp, every devil, every level. I send you back to the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. The matchless name of Jesus. I thank you, God. Protect us all day long, all night long, all week long in the name of Jesus. We thank you for our storms because in our storms we've learned to pray. In our storms, we learn to cry out. In our storms, we begin to cry. Because even Jesus wept. The scripture says that Jesus wept. So there's nothing wrong in our tears but crying. We thank you, God, for a closer walk with you. God, we need your glory. God, we need your infinite power. We need your sustainability. Keep us in perfect peace with a mind that stayed on you. No matter what's around you, God, you promised us you would take care of us. And we standing on your word that you created the universe and surely you can take care of us in the name of Jesus. So we thank you now, God, for this word tonight. We thank you for the book of Acts, 27th chapter. Y'all can go go through it again tonight or tomorrow. Um, you can study it some more. You can run references. But know that in every storm, God is there. And sometimes we go through storms and we don't nobody want nobody to know. But you know, the good thing is that Jesus knows every storm that we go through. And sometimes there's storms that we don't, we go through and we don't know we're in them because it's so hard, it's so heavy, and it feels so lonely. But even in the storm, there's a poem that talks about that when things got so rough and I didn't see your footsteps, God, I didn't know you were there, but the poem says, yes, I was there because I was carrying you. So we thank you now for the word tonight. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you that you're moving by your power tonight. Um, we're going to um, ask if there's um, anybody here that would um, um, say anything at this time. Free to say anything. Hallelujah. 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 I want to thank God for the teaching, and I thank, thank you for you making yourself available to share this word with us. 
to inspire us and to help us to hold on closer to God and encourage our hearts. So I just thank God for you. Amen. Amen. It, that's, that's my thing. We have to really encourage each other. And most of all, we have to be encouraged in the Word of God. Because when there's nobody around and the things that we're going through, and then I've discovered even the past, even those past hurts, when we go through like a deep hurt, emotional hurt in our lifetime, no matter what it is, those those deep hurts sometimes are the hardest thing to get rid of that nobody may never know about. But those things will affect you unless you begin to tell God, take these things from me, God. You deal with it because I don't want to feel the way I feel. I don't want to go. I don't want to have all these things in my life that everything, uh, something comes back and it will give me a little thought that what somebody did to me or what somebody, how they hurt me or how they destroyed me or how they backstabbed me and, and because we're supposed to be walking in the newness of life. And sometimes those old hurts will keep you from going forward. Okay? Um, and God knows whether we forgive people or not. God knows every deep-seated emotional hurt. We've all been through. We've all been through deep depths, storms. And some things we will never tell nobody about because it has hurt us. Sometimes in our childhood, sometimes with family, sometimes with members, sometimes I've heard people say some of the worst hurts in your life you could ever have has been hurt by folks in the church. You know, so, um, but it, it's, it's in our making, it's in our growing, and, 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 and it makes us who we are today and challenge us to be a better person, that we can mentor somebody else, lift somebody else's spirit, um, because we don't know what, who or what we're going to need um, tomorrow. Because he says tomorrow is not promised, but we don't know when we get there tomorrow what's going to happen. Um, but we have to pray um, and keep us, keep us uh, in his perfect will. And, and I'm learning God's constantly telling me to pray Pray for his glory. Pray for his glory on us, that we can steal his glory, not our glory, but the glory in him. And the word glory means uh, know his visible splendor, that I need to get in a place with God that I can see his glory. Like he talks about in Isaiah, I think it's the seventh chapter, it talks about in the year uh, King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. So we have to get to this place in God right now that we've got to see his glory and not the things around us, not the storms, not the disappointments, not the despairs, not the depression, not the denial but see his glory um, because um, we are walking in treacherous and turbulent times and God's going to let us know who really who's on whose side is on. And so I just pray um, for that. Y'all keep me in prayer. Keep 
Um, Erica had to work the night, so um, I stepped in for her um, and stuff like that. So um, y'all just uh, keep me in prayer, um, and I appreciate everybody on the line, um, and I appreciate y'all. And um, if it is anybody else, if not, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll close out. Okay, I think it's fine. It's, uh, silence is content. Consent. Well, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you for your glory in the midst of it. We thank you, God, in a storm that you're there present. We thank you, God, that you're there in the midst of everything in our lives, whether it's death or destruction, um, COVID-19, uh, despair, children being lost or killed or death. God, you're right there. I thank you, God, and I come against every spirit not like God. I come against against the Antichrist that's walking on the earth right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, what you're going to do for us. You've promised us. Hallelujah. So we're standing on your promises. And then your word said, put me in remembrance. So I put me in, in my remembrance of what you said, that you shall provide all of our needs. You will take care of us. We will move by your power. And God, keep us in our Christ resurrection protection mode. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Saints, good night. Y'all have a good night now. Bye-bye.